All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everybody, to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 2, the premiere episode. want to begin with some changes specifically to the show. Uh, we are now an independent podcast. You can find us on all the podcast platforms you can think of, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and uh, Deezer. I guess Deezer is also a podcast uh, format people are using nowadays. I am joined, as always, and that is an always from now on, by my co-host, Tom Kuda. Tom, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm doing great. This is a, a fabulous way to kick off a new fantasy football season. Yeah, yeah, it's been an amazing time. While it hasn't been a great time, uh, you know, right now in human history, in the U.S. history, uh, we're making the best out of things here at In Between Media on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. In the last month, we've started InBetweenMedia.com. We give advice about life and the commodities we're passionate about within it, including fantasy sports. Uh, some quick changes to the show. Uh, we're going to try to be a little bit funnier this year. What do you think, Tom? I mean, hopefully, <laughs> that's a goal. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Uh, fantasy and life advice-driven show. We're going to kind of break the show down into four quicker segments each and every week. We're going to give you your fantasy football fix. We're going to give you your life advice fix. And hopefully you leave this podcast with a little smile on your face. So head over to the inbetweenmedia.com uh, to check out everything we got going on there. We got columns, um, all of my start sit and Seth columns from the prior two seasons that were previously at the pen.org are now on inbetweenmedia.com. I got season three on the way. Uh, former ESPN producer and Sports Spectrum podcast host Jason Romano had a great conversation with him today. We're going to have a column on that coming out. Uh, just more life advice coming for you, more fantasy football advice intertwined with it. Tom, I heard you got a new column coming as well. Why don't you tell our listeners about that a little bit? Uh, yes, I do. Um, we are for we're calling it Sunshine on the Sidelines. It is going to be a column where I'm committed to talking about two things. It will be looking on the better side of how humans treat each other and the great things that we do for one another because they don't get talked about nearly often enough. And of course, good dynasty fantasy football advice because it is one is like the fastest growing format of fantasy football. It's my favorite one, and I just love to get to you know share unsolicited advice with people. <laughs> yeah, unsolicited keyword there, Tom. Uh, he's got the <laughs> dynasty. I got the redraft coming for you. We both got some you know feel good advice coming for you in between. I have another column we're going to be releasing this week. It's a kind of a column playlist series. Uh, mixes in a little bit of life advice in there as well. We got a newsletter you can sign up for at the in-between. And, Tom, this is the only beginning, man. This is the only beginning, and I am so thrilled right now. Yeah, me too. This is, uh, this is going to be amazing, and we're going to keep this thing growing and growing and see where we're at. And, you know, this time next year, hopefully we'll be just – way i don't know i just don't know where this is gonna go yet but i'm ready to get started yeah so we appreciate all the listens especially early on here you can find myself on twitter at between underscore seth ff and you can find 
Tom on Twitter at Thomas Kuda. Uh, want to kind of just quickly mention, you know, I know a lot has changed in the world since our last podcast. Tom, I think our last podcast dropped sometime around December 13th, uh, about five, six months ago now. Uh, the world's a different place now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and arguably not for the better on the whole, but it has changed wildly with the coronavirus, um, you know, shutting everything down, keeping us all at home, a lot of people out of work. Yeah, yeah. The one thing we want to keep, you know, we want to keep touching on here, though, is, you know, while this is devastating and, you know, our thoughts, our prayers go out to everyone who's been affected by this virus, uh, you know, the people who've lost lives, lost their loved ones. Uh, shout out to everyone on the forefront of, you know, those everyday heroes in the medical field, first responders. You know, we have to thank you first and foremost. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to, you know, the people in charge who are just trying to, you know, spread the truth and do what's right for other people. Because I think at the end of the day, that's what matters. People matter. And so I hope we can keep doing a good job at that. And I want to thank the other, you know, the fantasy football community and all the other content creators out there that are keeping us sane, keeping us distracted with some good content. Uh, we're going to try to do the same for you here. And there are positives to come out of this. I know it's tough to say that right now, but you know, without this virus, I lost my full-time job. Uh, at least I, you know, I was temporary f- furloughed, like most of Americans right now. But you know, it allowed me this time to to really start in between media. So I am thankful for that. All right, and how about we jump right into it? Our first segment of the show. Uh, it's headline hijinks. It's a series of catchy and or humorous headlines that express our opinions on the latest and breaking fantasy football news. (laughs) All right, I want to start kind of with the biggest headline here, Tom, that I think we have. Tom Brady going to Tampa. So mine is Brady the Legend or Brady the System QB. Tom breaks up with Bill. All right, my headline is Tom versus Time. Tampa Bay summer vacation. Can Tom Brady and his passing targets Godwin, Evans, and he's back with his boy Gronk. Can they live up to their ADPs? Uh, Tom, what is your opinion on Brady here, and how do you see this shaking up the fantasy landscape? I think that this is a good move for Brady. I think this will be one of the few places he could go where he could really get his way right now. I Like, I don't see... You know, Bruce Arians really doing a whole lot to slow down his work ethic and try to stop him from keeping his system built the way he likes it. I mean, it seems like Tampa Bay is like all in on protecting him, getting him a good offensive line and making sure that he can really honestly just prove that he's he was the reason that the Patriots won. Like, that's why he leaves. You know, that's that's the reason to go somewhere else, even at his you know more advanced age as far as football is concerned. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. Jameis Winston last year, uh, against all odds, was actually QB3 in fantasy football. Brady QB12. Um, 
And honestly, Tom Brady himself is actually very cheap in redraft right now. I actually just did a mock draft with my fellow guys over there at DFF. Uh, that was the former site I used to write for, Dynasty Football Factory. Got to plug them. It's a great site. Check it out. If you ever are trying to get into this business, it's a great place to get your feet wet. Can't thank those guys enough. But we, we've been doing some mock drafts over there. And in the most recent one, I think I grabbed Tom Brady in like the 12th round or something like that. I mean, I think this guy has serious QB1 upside. And, you know, with those targets, and you're getting him at a fraction of the price. I think, and again, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but I think Peyton Manning his first year in Denver. Um, I mean, I, I can't disagree. He definitely has the potential to do that. Um, I do I do worry about, you know, I really just worry because he was so in, like his offensive line in New England was so good for him. And here, I'm just not sure. I mean, Tampa Bay's line hasn't been great, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think overall, my big thing is I think Tom has a chip on his shoulder. I mean, I think it's going to go one one or two, one of two ways. They could be like the Browns of last year, just getting a lot of hype, uh, letting their ADPs and their their owners who drafted them at those ADPs down. Or I could see it being one of those things that it's just it's just money signs all around, and you know everyone's happy. That's true. I, I mean, it it really could break either of those two ways, and I think there is also a bit of separation between the two realities as far as like actual football and fantasy football is concerned because you know Tampa could go out there and you know win the majority of their games and make the playoffs and still be kind of mediocre for fantasy you know just depending on how everything breaks because Tom Brady is you know infamous for passing like most great QBs like to spread the ball around and his deep ball hasn't been as good in recent years so I do worry that with all those targets to feed, it's just going to end up being like the last time they won the Super Bowl where it's a good running game, a good defense, and then, you know, don't grok the ball with a few deep throws to your slot receiver. Right, right. All right, let's move forward here. The biggest year one rookie difference maker not named Clyde edwards Hilaire. For me, shift to Swift. DeAndre Swift takes the lead in the one-two punch from Carrion Johnson early in the season before taking the job for himself, becoming the fantasy stud you need and want. That's great. And then uh, the headline I got for you is Ingram top in Baltimore, JK, Dobbins is in town. The Ravens have their new lead back. All right, break that down for me quick. Tom, why do you think that Dobbins takes over this job and is worth his ADP uh, in that recent mock draft, I think he was going somewhere in about the back half of the sixth, early seventh round. Honestly, that's exactly where I'd put him in a redraft league, to be totally honest. Um, I think for me, it's mostly Baltimore is a run first team. We all know that. But last year, they ran Lamar Jackson a lot along with Ingram. And it they want have they've publicly come out and said, and Lamar himself have said, it's time for him to stop running so often because he's going to get himself hurt the longer right. he keeps doing that. And they had the same, you know, all running quarterbacks are like this. Eventually they have to slow down a little. So in that case, you are left with Ingram as the lead back there who is 30 now and will be 31 in December. So I'm pretty sure that they're going to want to give Dobbins a full 
workload. Now, I know coaches, obviously, they want their draft picks to look like they're meaningful. So, of course, they're talking Dobbins up right now, but they're the GM saying that he would like him to be a three-down back, you know? And it's the kind of thing where at least it hints that he'll get the shot at it and it'll be on his talent to do it. And I just think from what I've seen of his tape um, from college that I honestly, even if not a three-down back, he's going to be the first and second down back by the time the year is done. All right, you heard it there first. Uh, myself, I still have some questions. Gus the Bus, he's still there. Justice Hill, people were pretty high on him last season as well. I'm just, I don't know. I, I do, I definitely agree with the notion. I think Lamar will not be running it as much. I think that does give Dobbins, you know, a boost there. Um, as as far as DeAndre Swift for me, Tom, I think this is a guy. I think he's the one who can. He's the rookie people aren't really talking about as much because you know you have Carry On Johnson there and the Lions historically have not had great running backs dating back to you know Barry Sanders' stays really. Uh, but I, I just don't really believe in Carry On Johnson. I he hasn't had more than 120 carries in an NFL season. Uh, I think he had about 280 his senior year in college. So I mean he took some some of the heat back then in Auburn, but I don't know. Right now I think they're in win now mode and I think. They got DeAndre Swift, and I think the Lions are a sleeper team. I think they're going to come out and wow people this year, and I think he's going to be a big part of it. Um, I, I could see that happening. I mean, I really like DeAndre Swift coming into the draft and everything. Um, my only hesitation is really just that, like you said, the Lions really haven't had great luck with their running backs. Kerryon Johnson's had a lot of injury problems so far, though, and – I think that if DeAndre Swift can stay healthy, there is a good likelihood that he's definitely the one A, if not just the overall one, you know, halfway through the season if Carrion gets hurt again, or if he just carries the workload well and proves that he can be a three down back for them. Yeah, man. I yeah, I love Swift. I think he can be I wasn't crazy on him coming in. I thought there were other backs I did like a little better. I just like the landing spot here. Uh, for me, fantasy football is opportunity. So, I mean, I'm shifting down, man. I'm shifting down. I'm getting up that hill swift. Stick shifts and safety belts. All right, let's move forward here. Growing pains. What team are you excited about for the future, but expect mixed results from this year while they get their groove? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, for my, it is uh, tank for Tua complete. The Finns head to phase two, win some games. What about you? What do you got for me? Uh, I got green, better days. Seen better days, man. The Bengals, uh, they seem to have found their future quarterback in Joe Burrow. However, I just think for a fantasy output right now, it's a little messy. Joe Mixon, you got that him threatening to hold out. I don't like that. We've seen that situation before. Uh, the receiving core is loaded. Like, this is an amazing, maybe one of the best receiving cores in the league if A.J. Green can stay healthy. But they have him, Tyler Boyd. He had 148 targets last season. He's not going to want to lose much volume. John Ross, Auden Tate came on at the end of last season. And then they just drafted T. Higgins with a 33rd overall pick. I don't know. I just feel like there are too many, too many pieces to really find one in there to rely on week in and week out. And I'm just worried about Joe Mixon holdout. Yeah, uh, that definitely makes sense to me. I mean, especially with a brand new quarterback coming in, like even if, you know, Joe Burrow himself does really well, it's just such a, a shot in the dark 
you know, he might not click with AJ Green as well as he clicks with somebody else on the team. So that proven commodity could become less valuable just for the sake of his play style, how the team's usage goes. So I definitely agree there. And kind of the same with Joe Mixon. Like, I'm a big Joe Mixon truther, but (laughs) these holdouts have lasted a while lately because people don't want to pay running backs because, you know, they gas out by the end of their rookie contracts and are kind of old news. So... Yeah, again, in Dynasty, I like Tyler Boyd a lot. I think he's a guy who this season will pace again nice, and I think next season, once Green likely departs, can even be a bigger part of this offense. And I do think T. Higgins is a guy. He comes in with Burrow, played against him in the national championship game. A lot of respect there for one another. So I think T. Higgins is a guy next year who get him somewhere in the second round of your Dynasty rookie draft and play on. Yeah, man, definitely. So tell us about this tank for Tua. Uh, you know, they're kind of in this win win some games phase, wouldn't you say, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, they finally dumped Gase, which needed to happen forever ago because he's just a terrible coach. I feel so bad for Sam Darnold yeah. and anyone oh, yeah. on the team. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, tank for Tua, joke or not, they've done it. They got him. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> but it's the team looks like it has the potential to start coming together. You know, a head coach coming into a second year. They've had a few players start to actually click into their roles a little better. Still got a lot of questions at running back as far as, like, what they're really going to go for long term. Yeah. Um, it, but it just seems like right now they've gotten rid of, at the very least, the toxic pieces of the team. They've drafted somebody to really be hopeful about and to kind of build around – and I just have a lot of confidence that, you know, maybe not this year, maybe this year, you know, for redraft, you set out a lot of Dolphins players, which is probably some advice I would give. But if you're in Dynasty Keeper, you know, if you're playing long term or, you know, looking for the future, I think the Dolphins are going to be a team you can look to for some consistency once they start to click and figure out their system. I think right now, uh, honestly, the Dolphins with a couple of big free agent signs, too, they have probably the two best corners you know best corner combination in the league uh i i think really this is going to be a team in a couple years again for dynasty i think their buys uh i I do understand what you're talking about as far as redraft right now uh just the whole Devontae parker thing does scare me a little bit because you know finally see the what was it year five year six breakout and then ryan's fitzpatrick might not be playing this whole year and that that does worry you i think mike gesicki is kind of locked and loaded uh, run game I do have some questions about but Jordan Howard's still going as a value right now so yeah I agree with you there definitely um, so next up we have against the current what player are you cold on that everyone is over the moon about right now yeah for me birth McCall kind of like birth control McCall Hardman I'm pumping the brakes on just a little bit a talented player but he remains in a crowded wide receiver room uh, he only saw 41 targets last season. That's not going to get it done. And while I do expect that to grow, Sammy Watkins, he's reportedly coming back. They did bring back Demarcus Robinson as well. So, again, I just – people are going out right now spending an eighth, ninth, tenth round pick on McCool Hardman. I just think they're better players who are going to command more of volume. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, McCool Hardman is definitely somebody I've been keeping my eye on the last few years. Um 
he, he has all the talent that you could want in like the speedster, but for as long as, you know, Tyreek's around, I just think that he will be limited and not really have a whole lot of room to, to really explode into a, a good role for himself, especially if, like you said, they keep, you know, bringing back other players and just keeping that wide receiver core really crowded out for Pat Mahomes to have just as many options as he can throw to. Yeah, I think of Hardman just kind of like almost a Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is still a wide receiver one, but he's never going to be one of those top three or four guys just because he doesn't command that volume that those, you know, those players do. So McCole Hardman's kind of in that same category, but tiers below. What about yourself, Tom? Uh, for me, you know, uh, Jerry had a little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. His face was white as snow, yeah. Amari Cooper has competition. Uh, can Dak keep everyone fed? I don't know if anyone's necessarily, like, over the moon about Amari Cooper. At least I, I kind of hope they're not. But he does rank, you know, in the top ten and a lot of lists for Dynasty. He's really high up there in the wide receiver one talks for redraft even. And to me, it's just the kind of thing where they drafted CeeDee Lamb. And I know they drafted him as a value pick at the spot he dropped to. But, right. I mean, you don't take a talent like that and do nothing with him. You know, you're, you're going to give him targets. Tons of targets got vacated at the end of last year. They got Jarwin in. You know, I, I just don't think that Dak is – he's good. I just don't think he's elite enough to keep Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Blake Jarwin. I just don't think he's got enough in his arm to keep everybody at the top tier. And I just don't see – I don't think there's any way that when CeeDee Lamb gets started, he's not going to be the 1B, and they're going to split targets a lot more than people would like them to. Like, I could see where Amari Cooper's like – wide receiver 12 through 15 you know where like if he's your number one guy on your team and that's what you drafted him for he disappoints a little yeah i mean michael gallup's a guy out there too that you haven't even mentioned yet who can go out there and he was on pace with amari last season as well he was you know a more consistent version of amari didn't disappear in a lot of those big matchups and you know i think cd lamb again i He's a guy who's a value for me. I think CeeDee Lamb, he, I got him in the 10th round in a mock last week. I think that's a value that you can go for. Uh, Amari Cooper, for me, like you said, Tom, it's just too much competition. There are 166 vacated targets. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a couple minutes when we talk about Blake Jarwin. But, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I can't believe I totally forgot to mention Michael Gallup. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Even more... <laughs> Even more reason to, to, to put the little cold water on that one. I mean, they're definitely going to have to throw more. That's one of the arguments you can make. I will make that argument here in our second segment. Uh, let's jump into that. What do you say? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get going. I have the targets in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right. We'll bring it back in the scope. This one of my favorite segments. We've had this segment uh, all the way back on Bottom Line Fantasy, actually, back in the day. So I, I wrote a column about it last season. And In the Scope is really a collection of fantasy football targets who, they're not your mainstream waiver wire column targets. Not a lot of people are talking about these guys. But And, and right now, since we haven't had the drafts yet, uh, these are players who we think are going to go really late in drafts or probably not go at all. 
and they might be some of the guys who are kind of just laying around on your dynasty waiver wires as well. So, Tom, kick us off here. So, my first guy is Darrington Evans, um, who's a running back for the Tennessee Titans. They drafted him to basically fill, you know, the the lightning to Derrick Henry's thunder. Um, he's got good hands. He's a quick back. He runs a mean, <laughs> a mean 40-yard dash, and... I don't think, especially in redraft, you know, this is like, a, this, you know, obviously there's supposed to be off your radar for now, but I could see a world where, you know, just depending on how the Titans come together, how well he does with his role by like week three or four, he could be, you know, Deion Lewis, which in a deep league, that's a good flex play. So it's definitely somebody for, he's somebody for me who I'm going to keep an eye on just because of how thin the running back position is especially if you run like a zero RB strategy or something when you draft, you know, he's somebody that I could see taking a way late flyer on and just seeing what you got. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget that just about two years ago or so Dion Lewis was a, you know, with Derrick Henry still there, Derrick Henry's about a fourth round pick in leagues and Dion Lewis was going right around the same price. So let's not forget that you have Darrington Evans, who might be a guy who Deion Lewis didn't prove very much. You know, once he left the Patriots, he might have been more of a system guy. Let's let Darrington Evans see if he is a player worth that value. And Henry's contract is still in negotiation, so who even knows if he'll be back next year? I love the hold on Dynasty, and I'm, he's definitely a guy who maybe you grab on your roster in a, in a deeper redraft league before Week One, and who knows, maybe he pops. Yeah, definitely. All right, who you got for me? Okay, I got uh, LaVisca Chenault Jr. Uh, he's the Jaguars' second-round pick. He's a wide receiver from Colorado. He kind of profiles like one of those guys like Debo Samuel. He can kind of do it all. He's been used on a lot of jet sweeps. Uh, he's even been used in the backfield a little bit. Uh, he can pass even as well. He scored 17 TDs in his last two seasons at Colorado. Again, if the Jaguars were satisfied with what they had in their wide receivers, they wouldn't have gone out, spent a second-round pick on Chenault. I think he's a guy, he's going to come in. I think he'll take that number two job pretty quickly. I don't think Chris Conley has much left in the tank. Uh, and D.D. Westbrook has kind of been a rather disappointment two straight years in a row. So I, I think for me, they're going to be, be playing, playing from behind a lot this season. So I think it's going to be a lot of garbage time, junk time, especially those first few weeks. He has some matchups who that he might be able to take advantage of. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I like the way that uh, Doug Marone has talked about his usage potential. Um, he really sees him as kind of like a Swiss Army knife, which seems to be honestly like a, a growing trend right. since Taysom Hill's been with the Saints. You know, where coaches are trying to get players who can like he wants to put him in the wildcat put him in f tight end like there's just they want to throw him all around the field and just put a ball in his hands and see what he can do and like i always kind of you know i know you agree with me on it it seems to be anytime a coach wants to give somebody the ball that's probably a good indication at least that there's going to be plenty of opportunity to make some magic happen and as far as you know, a, a you know late round flyer for redraft or a hold for dynasty, I I definitely agree that he's somebody you should keep your eye on. All right, Tom, back to you. All right, next up we have Antonio Gibson, who is a well now he's a running back um, for the Washington Redskins. Um, he was basically drafted um, for the intention of Ron Rivera plugging him into like a Christian McCaffrey type role. 
Um, now, just to make it clear, I am not saying that he is Christian McCaffrey or will in any way come close to that skill level. That quote, that but, quote has been cr- like, as soon as he said that, like the I know the, the ears of every fantasy player just like, <laughs> I love I love Gibson myself. Continue. Yeah, no, I mean I like him too. I just want to make sure that no one thinks I'm taking that hot of a take out of this. But <laughs> there's um their their backfield in. Washington has been a mess. I mean, I was probably the best Darius Geist truther out there, but I'm pretty sure his days are numbered at this point, given his injury history. You know, Adrian Peterson's not going to be around a ton. J.D. McKissick, I mean, there's a lot of mouths to feed, but Gibson has a lot of potential to earn his way to a pretty high share of, like, a McCaffrey-type role. And, you know, we've seen that Ron Rivera likes to throw in that kind of style. So I'm not going to, you know, it's somebody, he's somebody that I definitely w- is like, if I got a taxi squad, squad spot and I don't know what to do with like my third round dynasty pick, that's where he's going. That's where I'm going with it. Right, right now. I, I absolutely agree. He was someone I picked up in a couple mocks uh, late in drafts, 13, 14th round. I love that value there. Give me him all day. Excellent call there, Tom. Yeah, thank you. All right, hit me with your last one. All right, sending it back to the Big D. Big D. Down there, my boy Jerry might have got himself a diamond in the rough with Blake Jarwin. Uh, Following the money on this one, Tom, though, you know, you already touched on it. C.D. Lamb's been added to, to the Cowboys' offense. There's 166 vacated targets, and Witten himself had 80 plus targets. Jarwin saw 40 targets last year. Let's say he only takes, you know, half those targets. That's still 80 targets-ish for Jarwin, maybe more. And 80 targets was tight end one volume last season. I think Jarwin, when the defense isn't going to be as good, he's going to be a guy who's almost going undrafted in leagues, who has tight end one potential, and I think gets it done this season. I mean, honestly, I... (laughs) I... I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the Cowboys. That's no surprise. But here, I kind of agree with you. I usually tend to, especially in redraft, want to stream the tight end position. And I think if you're going to wait till later on, he's definitely, you know, a top target for me and who I'm looking for tight end one potential for paying the price of, you know, like a tight end four. You know what I mean? Like I'm not spending a lot of draft capital on him, but he could really pay off big um, if if Dak ends up clicking with him and he does get 80 targets a year, you know, it's that's, that's work right there. I mean, there's, there's no way he ends up not giving you a solid baseline, which is really all you need out of a good tight end. Absolutely. There you have it. Our in the scope early off season edition, LaVisca Chenault Jr. Blake Jarwin, Darrington Evans, Antonio Gibson, some names to keep in your scope when it comes to the draft in August. Let's get to some weekly advice. Weekly Alright, weekly advice This is a collection of relevant yet random fantasy football and life advice That's what we are here at In Between Media We're bringing you fantasy football, life advice, a little bit of humor in between uh, I'm going to start it out here, Tom. My biggest advice on the week to our listeners, don't commit armed robbery. <laughs> I get it. Times are tough right now. 
Uh, you can get a little stir crazy in the house, but uh, don't do what New York Giants cornerback and Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar and DeAndre Baker did. Uh, they turned themselves in last week for armed robbery, and uh, I was in in Florida, right down by you, Tom. What do you, what's your take on this, man? <laughs> I mean, what else can I say? I moved to Florida, and it is the meme that everyone said it would be. <laughs> Every time there's a headline like this, I just wait to see what city in Florida that it's going to be in this time. Of course, you know, they're down in Broward County. Everyone gets rowdy down in Broward County <laughs> for all the reasons to do dumb things. But, you know, I, I don't know what else to say, man. It just, you know, you're getting paid so much money. What are you doing committing armed robbery? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I think geez, that's I think that's the bottom line there, and I think their days in the NFL are numbered. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> all right, Tom, what, what's some advice you got for our listeners this week? Well, I'll provide you with an alternative to committing armed robbery if you feel cooped up in the house, and that would be working out hitting the gym okay even yeah. if you're actually closed right now there are plenty of things you can do to stay in shape i mean you can just go hit youtube type in like a body weight workout you can do anything like it's just good cardio a good opportunity to get a workout in if you're not in great shape like i'm not in great shape you can modify just about <laughs> any any workout you can think of to be a little bit easier just just while you're getting started you're but, not at the uh, gym. No one knows. No one knows. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. It's just like the kind of thing they closed our gym down. So I've just been going on walks every day, jogging, working out, doing push-ups, lifting weights. Like we bought some weights for the house. Like, you know, there's there's lots of good ways to do a positive, constructive activity. You know, a tons of NFL players have to do that now. Like I know a lot of them have gyms in their houses already, but you know, I'm sure they're finding ways to stay in shape for the season, even though they can't get out and hit the gym like they're probably used to yeah only if i got paid like a million dollars to work out then i'd consider it <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> it does make it a little easier no great advice there tom great advice <laughs> um i'm gonna go back here i'm gonna bring it back to fantasy football here to round it out don't be too dependent on rookies starting your lineup when it comes week one while i do like you know these guys that we've been talking about darrington evans antonio gibson Swift, CD Lamb, you know, everyone has rookie fever right now. I have it. Tom has it. I totally get it. But don't totally take these veteran players off your radar. Marvin Jones, Marlon Mack, Alshon Jeffrey. Those are some players who are going, you know, almost in the double digit rounds who could, you know, Marvin Jones is an eight touchdown a year type of player and you can almost get him free. So, I mean, I'm all in on that. I think they're guys that you can put in plug him in for week one and trade him after week two or three to get some value from him. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think that's a great strategy to any kind of draft is to take a few players that you know what you're going to get out of them and bar, you know, you, you'll know, you know what players have had their teams completely change around them and you don't know what to expect from them. But somebody like Marvin Jones, I mean, there's no reason to believe that he's not going to produce a similar, probably a little less because Kenny Galladay is getting better every year. But, you know, you're, you're right. It's just if you go and draft three rookies, all three of them could go bust like that, you know? Right. And it just – you'd be done. Your season's over right there. Um, mine is, is along a, the same, a similar vein here. Um, for me, it is avoiding rookie fever as much as you can. You know, mind the hype. 
Um, it's kind of like earlier when I was saying how GMs will talk up players. Like, obviously, it is in their best interest to make themselves not look like idiots for drafting bad players. So right now, they're going to be high on everybody. Coaches, GMs, you know, uh, just everyone's going to be trying to say, this was a good pick. This player is going to be amazing. And we kind of have to, like, as fantasy players, take that, peel that back a little, go and look at stats, go and look at their tape, check some of their interviews to see how they are off-field, what their attitude's like. Like, I like to get a holistic picture of what a player coming into the league is like. Because a lot of times you can see red flags. You know, you'll see it in their tape, Mm -hmm. how they act, their stats. So just because the GM's hyping somebody up doesn't necessarily mean you should follow their you know, hype, it's always best to go and make your own assessments on players and just remember to take a step back, figure out who you really like out of this draft class and then take your shots on them, not just to everybody else that, you know, is like the consensus best player all the time. I feel like we're agreeing so much. (laughs) We're agreeing so much (laughs) today, but I absolutely, again, I'm going to agree with you there, Tom. Uh, Something I think that and to weigh out these rookies a little bit go back and watch the draft I, I recorded it just so I could go back and see kind of the the coaches reactions to the different draft picks I mean that's something I guess we really got to see this year that we normally don't which is which is really nice so definitely taking that into an account and I, I agree proven commodities uh you have to trust them hashtag mind the hype definitely all right we're gonna round out the show with probably my favorite segment of all good news on good news we're each going to share one positive news story that we've heard in the last week or so kind of just get your mind going in the right direction as you take off to get through the rest of your week tom why don't you kick us off here Sure thing. Um, So for me, uh, my article is uh, Coronavirus Lockdown Spark Boom in Online Learning for Adults. Uh, Basically, it's just talking about how everyone is using their time constructively. You know, this is a, a great thing to see for people to take and say, hey, I have all this time where I'm home now. I'm going to learn how to do more with my passion project, or I've been thinking about learning how to code so I can change into a job that I like more. And people are actually taking steps to, you know, increase their knowledge of skills and learn new things. You know, it's anything you can think of, art, cooking, all that kind of stuff. And the article really just talks a lot about you know, how these online learning platforms have grown and how they've gotten a whole new set of outreach and um, have been helping people find their way through some of these tough times by, you know, giving them something to focus on, a new skill to hone, something to keep them happy and smiling throughout the day. Oh, yeah, that, I mean, this is kind of what we've been doing, Tom. We've, you know, I've been working on this website, uh, kind of getting into a little bit of coding stuff that I've never really, you know, dipped my feet into just because I didn't have time. I mean, that excuse, you don't have time anymore, that's gone. I've even seen some master classes that were $100, $150 that people are making free right now for this. I mean, you got to take advantage of this time, and I love to see that people are. Yeah, dude, definitely. It's, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's makes me happy. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, all right. So what you got for me? All right. So one of the coolest things I've been seeing these last couple weeks, 
Uh, something that really bummed me out about the whole COVID-19 situations is my heart goes out to those seniors in high school, those seniors in college. Uh, I know those last couple months of school, both both collegiately and you know high school, uh, they were some of the best times of my life. It, it's tough. It's tough. My girlfriend, she was just about to graduate college. A lot of my friends were. So my heart goes out to all of you uh, who had to go through that. Hats off. You know, I think you guys did an amazing job adapting and showing that this generation is not is not doomed just because you know we are raised raised in our phones i mean i think we're starting to prove that wrong and but the big thing here is i'm seeing these celebrities uh step in as these guest speakers at these remote graduations uh former president barack obama lebron oprah steven spielberg john krasinski jim from the office like the list just goes on and on but I think they're doing an amazing job and just bringing these kids some hope and some inspiration, some guidance when when they need it the most. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, it is. It's really inspiring that you know. I mean, sure, it's it, obviously the preference is that everyone graduates in person, but it's really cool that people are taking time to go and address classes. I, I think it's really interesting too in the digital format how many more places you can be at once you know you could give a 20-minute address at one university and right. then instead of having to get on a plane and go somewhere you just join another like zoom call or record another one like I, I really think it's cool how much how many more people have been able to personalize messages to different schools just in the way that we were kind of forced into the online format yeah that, th that's what this is all about tom that's what all in between media is all about we want to continue to find the light even in the things like fantasy football that people take for granted. That's what we're going to continue to do every episode for you here on the In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Tom, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Absolutely. I look forward to uh, hitting this up every week. Again, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Deezer. And you can also find us on inbetweenmedia.com you can find tom on the twitter bird at thomas kuda you can find me on the twitter bird as well at between seth ff and you can find the website that makes all this happen at inbetween media thanks everyone for joining us we'll be back soon with another episode take care mm -hmm.